keep that up for a moment. Just take one more moment to lift up an almighty God. Lord, we praise you. We exalt you and we magnify. We come together to worship you. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We magnify you. You are holy. He is worthy this evening or this morning of all the praise. He is worthy this morning of all the glory. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. What a mighty God, an awesome God, an all-powerful God we serve this morning. We, we're going to get into the Word for a few moments. I, uh, I know some of you are just here because you thought Pastor was preaching this morning, but that's okay. Kaiser likes my preaching. I, uh, I am excited this morning that we're going to spend a few moments in the Word of God. I've got a my notes really should be broken up this morning into probably about an eight-week series. So we're going to start and we're going to quit when God says quit. We're going to work for a few moments and we're going to let God do what he's going to do this morning. As we sat down, well, we'll read a scripture and y'all sit down. Book of Exodus, the third chapter. I'll read verse 14, just one verse while you're standing. It says, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. We can just take a moment and ask that the Lord touch this morning. Lord, we, we ask you work in this service and that you work in this place. God, that you speak through your word, that you anoint lips of clay, that our hearts may be touched, that you move into our lives, that we receive your word in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you may be seated this morning. I, I sat down this morning. I, uh, I worked some last night trying to get something together, and word wasn't coming. So I, just, I went to bed early and got up this morning. And I, I sat down and I began to write some notes, and I kept going and going and going. And I got as far as I felt I needed to go, and stopped and just began to spend a moment in prayer. And I, kids were running around the house. They were. Everybody's getting ready Sunday morning, hectic craziness, and I really was in get notes done mode. I had my notebook and my pen, and had my Bible sitting there, and had some music going on. Pastor even had a cup of coffee, and uh, had my apple already pre-cut and ready for me to eat there. And I was just gonna, I was gonna sit down and get my notes done. And as I started writing, it came to a point that I, I took my AirPod out and I set my pen down and. And I had to set my notes back for a moment. I just began to spend a time basking in His presence. I really was impressed with the feeling that God is here to meet someone's need this morning. I truly feel that He is here to meet all of the someone's needs this morning. So we're going we're gonna to flow into whatever He's got for us. And wherever we get, if I don't get through these notes, Pastor, they'll be there next time. But I believe that God this morning, if we will allow Him to, He will meet us where we are. And touch and change mightily, miraculously. Moses was uh, being called, we're at the point that Moses has called Pharaoh. If we go to the beginning of, of chapter 3, just a few verses back, we find the, the burning bush and Moses comes to it. God says, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. And God's talking to Moses and says, Moses, you, I'm going to choose you to go to my people. And then starts Moses' excuses, I don't know who to say you are, I don't know. I talk funny, I'm not good at this, and so on. But as he asked God, Lord, who do I tell the people? 
When I go to your, two pe- to your people, who do I tell them has sent me? When I get to the Pharaoh, who am I going to say has sent me? How do I know to say who has sent me to do this? And God tells Moses, I am that I am. Go tell my people that I am hath sent you. And God renews this covenant in chapter 6 as he begins to speak to Moses another time. And he, he says unto Moses, it says, I am the Lord. Talks in the first little bit of chapter six. You can take time when, when you've got the first eight verses there. So there, and in those eight verses, I find four or five times there that God uses this term to Moses and says, "I am." I love these open-ended statements of God. I love these times when God finds a place that He can put His name there as all potential and no modifier. We talked a month or so ago about the the Jehovah uh, compound names of God and that term Jehovah is God is going to or God has all of the power, all of the potential, all of the ability to do. And then that second, that compound of the name was Jireh or Rapha or all of those names that are added on. But God leaves it even a little more open-ended as he speaks here to Moses. He simply says, I am. We jump then for quite a few years to John. We're going to start out in the 8th chapter. and uh, John 8, 58, Jesus is talking. He's been doing a little teaching. He's about to heal a blind man. And he stops and makes a statement. He's talked to the Jews and they're like, he's talked about seeing Abraham. And they said, well, you're... You're just just a young man. How can you have seen Abraham? And Jesus makes a statement, and I think the wording, even as it carries into translation, is no, no accident. He says, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus is using the same words to describe himself that God used a long time ago when he's talking to Moses to say, I can do this because I have an unopened or an unending, an open-ended ability within me because of who I am. He says, I can be here and I can have seen Abraham even at this age because I'm not just Jesus the man. I'm not just this body you see in front of you, but I am God Almighty. And because I am that I am, because of who he was, his ability was there to see Abraham. His ability was there to be the word from the beginning. John, I think, had a greater glimpse of this maybe than some of the other writers because he began his book within the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Now we know that Word became robed in flesh, became God. And as John begins to write this, he has this understanding of who Christ was. And this same Christ is standing here in chapter 8 and he's teaching and he says, I can be here because I am. We find seven such statements, well, seven more, eight in total, but God makes seven of these I am statements. Christ makes seven of them throughout the book of John. And John seems to have caught a glimpse, caught a little bit of the ability of Jesus Christ. We've heard a few of them lately. He said, I am the bread of life in the sixth chapter. I'm the light of the world in the 8th, and the door of the sheep in the 10th. 
The 11th chapter, he says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. 10th chapter, he says, I am the good shepherd. The 15th chapter, he says, I am the true vine. And in the 14th chapter, he says, I am the way, the truth, pastor, he is the life. No man cometh to the Father except by him. And we may touch a few of these in a moment, but, but really the, the gist of what we're going to talk about this morning, and what we're going to try to work through these I am statements, is that Jesus, as he comes to earth and begins to talk about who he really is and how he can describe himself, he doesn't need to say anything other than I am. To the hurting soul, he says, I am the answer you seek. To the body that's broken, he says, I am the healer that you need. To the one that is lost, he says, I am your way. To the one that is blind, he says, I am the one that can open your eyes. No matter the situation, no matter the time, the place, or the need, no matter who it is crying out, no matter who it is looking for an answer or what answer they seek, Christ answers the same of each and every situation, the same. He says, I am. No matter where you are and where you can be. And I've made a statement the last two or three weeks that's worked its way into each uh, service and hasn't been on purpose, but it's that Christ meets us where we are. And I am so thankful this morning that it doesn't matter where I find myself this morning. Maybe I'm on the mountaintop. Maybe this morning I'm in the valley. Maybe everything is going right. Maybe you've come here and you are perfect and you have nothing going wrong. And if so, Kaiser, I wish I was you because you got it all right. Oh, see, you know when his dad's phone rings, it says the great? I got a feeling Brother Kaiser didn't program that in there. Just, just a guess. But I, maybe you're doing just as good as Christian is this morning, OCK. He's got it going on. But maybe you've come to this place and maybe something's hurting, something's broken, something's missing, something is long. You're longing for something that just isn't right. We get hurt by people. We get hurt by life. We, we go through things and experiences and times and places and we get to a place in our life where we're just broken and we're down and nothing's going the way we want it to. And it's at that place that we find here, maybe I'm not on the mountaintop and I haven't just got everything just so and I'm not there on Sunday morning with my hair just right and my suit just right and that what happens. I'll tell you, I got here this morning and as I walked in the door, I looked down and I am 95% certain that this is the same suit I wore last Sunday morning. We all know. And I, I looked down, I said, oh no, what have I done? I have different shoes, shirt, and tie. So I did change it up a little bit. But things just weren't going quite like I planned. And, and there are bigger things that don't go as we planned. And life happens, and when life happens, there's Christ the whole time. He says, I am there for you. I am here to meet you where you are and to touch your need regardless of what it is. Pastor needs a healing this morning, and God's saying, here I am. I can touch your body, Pastor. Tess needs a touch in her body this morning. God's saying, here I am. Let me touch your body. There's those experiencing loss and hurt and heartache. And God says, here I am. Let me be your comforter. Here I am. Let me be your peace. And those with lives that are broken in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of problems, in the midst of life happening. And God says, here I am. 
here I am. But Jesus knew all of this as he makes this statement. And he's speaking for a moment to these Jews, but he's speaking for the rest of time to the rest of us. And he makes this statement forever tying Jesus Christ to the God that spoke the world into existence before Abraham was, I am. The scripture means a lot to me because there was a point, I can't remember, 12, 13, 14 years old, as God began to just put a call on my life and I began to feel that one of these days I was going to end up preaching and I'll tell you, I always said as a kid, I'll do anything God wants me to do, but I never going to preach. I said, I won't be a preacher. Grew up in a preaching family, my grandfather and my father. and I was a fairly selfless young guy and I saw my dad on a daily basis going here to do this and there to do that and sacrificing here and sacrificing there and said, I will never be like that. I'm not going to ever be a preacher. But I can remember the service. I don't remember the age. I don't remember what was preached. The sermon was not on this statement. It was on the rest of what's going on here as Jesus is teaching. But something struck a young Jason that said, you're going to do what I want you to do, but you're going to get through it and everything's going to be okay because you don't do it by yourself because I am is with you. That, that little couple minutes in the midst of a sermon about other things struck me for the rest of my life because I could realize for the rest of time that whatever it is God asks me to do, I don't do it by myself. It struck me for the rest of my days because it's when times get hard and things don't go the way I want them to, things don't expect work out how I expected them to, the services where things were how they wanted them to be. It struck again, I was 23 years old. A few days before, I'd been voted in as pastor. The excitement had worn off. It's after a Sunday night that I had preached what I felt was a pretty horrible sermon. Everybody else left. And I told my wife, I said, go ahead and go home. Uh, all the lights are turned off. I'm sitting in my office. I didn't even make it to my chair. I'm kind of my back against my desk, sitting in the floor, just crying. God. How can, we, how can I get through this? God, I, I can't do this, God. I can find you. This journal looks kind of like this one. It's got notes in it. I can find you to this day the notes from that night. As I was finished my sermon and I got it back out, I'm reading because I thought headed into service that everything was going to be just right. And as I sit there and I cry and I wonder how, how a 23-year-old kid can care for the souls of all these people and make everything work and how God's going to move. And God, I just, I just messed up and this was horrible and I don't think anybody got anything from this. I don't, I, God, I don't think you moved at all today and it's all my fault. In reality, God had done some miraculous things, but I couldn't see it. But as I'm moving through that point, I said, God, how am I going to do this? And I opened my Bible and I began to read. And the first thing I came to was this statement. 
as Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. And what that said to me was before you ever came here, before you ever stood behind that pulpit, before you ever began to prepare that sermon, before all those people walked in, before anything in this situation ever started to happen, I was there. Before before I ever started working and sitting there and trying to put all that together, for years before that, my grandfather sat in that office, and for years before him, another, and before that, and as long as that church had been there, God had been there. Before that even, he was there, and he knew what it was, and he had it all in his hands. That simple two-word statement, that meant more to me than anything else in that moment. Because in the midst of me sitting there crying, wondering how anything was ever going to work out, I knew at that moment that it didn't have to work out by me doing it. As I look back, God probably was teaching a fairly overconfident young man a lesson that night. That it's not about what you do. That you're not the one in charge here. I am. This morning, we... We all come with different circumstances. We walk into this place this morning with different needs, different situations, different life experiences, and different problems. This morning, I don't, I don't know all of, our, all of our situations. I don't know all of our needs. I'm, we, the longer we're here, the more I get to know people, and the more of you I, I, I've come to know and know maybe some of where you're at, but we don't ever really know all of everything, and and I for sure don't, every week I see somebody that I'm like, I know I've shaken your hand for, for months now, but I still haven't quite even got your name down. If it's you, I apologize. I'll keep working on it. But I say that to say that I don't necessarily know your situation, your place this morning. I don't necessarily know what you bring with you this morning, what it is that you carry in. But what I do know that no matter what we carry in, With us today, we can leave without it. If you walk into this place hurting this morning, you can leave whole. You walk into this place broken this morning, you can leave mended. This morning we walk in different people from different places. Lost, hurting souls, broken bodies, shattered families, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of loneliness. No matter what it is we carry in this place, we all come carrying something and searching for an answer. And this morning, in the midst of that, no matter what we carry, no matter what we search for, all the time he cries out, I am. Sister Shea, if you'd come, I know it's short, but I'm going to stop here for the morning. He, no matter what we carry, he, he's calling out, I am, to the lost. He says, I am your way, and to the hurting, he says, I am your help. Let me touch you. Let me heal you. Let me put your broken lives and your torn souls and your ripped apart families let me put it back together this morning those that need a touch in their body God is here this morning and he's crying out let me touch you come to me bring it to me and let me heal we come feeling maybe inadequate or like we're going through life all alone And God is here saying, let me touch you and let me show you that you are so important that I gave my life for you. You're so special that I came this morning just to see you. 
He's saying, let me show you that, that you are doing it all alone because no matter where you go, I go with you. I go with you always. That's my God and that's who stands this morning crying out, let me touch your heart. Let me touch your life. Let me touch your body. Let me heal your broken situation this morning. I don't have to know that situation. Maybe pastor doesn't know that situation. But almighty God, he sees where you are today. He sees what you carry with you this morning. And he cries out to that place, I am what you need. I am what you came searching today. I am what you're hurting for. I am what you're longing for. As our team begins to play this morning, I ask that each of us come up and bring whatever it is we brought to the Master. Bring whatever it is we brought to the Savior because this morning, this day, we do not have to leave as broken as we came. This morning, if you came hurting, you can leave whole. This day, you came broken and you can leave together. Whatever you carried in, Jesus is here this morning. He says, I, I am here to take it. I am here as the answer you seek. I am here as the healing you long for. Let me touch you. Let me care for you. Let me wrap my arms around you. Because this morning, He is here.